Shafee. Shafee, are you there? He's had a change of heart. A lot of good that'll do him. He's still got the same face. surrounding Austin, Texas, the limestone has turned from yellow to pink to the chalk white of the moon, and the birds have vacated Bill the Landlord's bird feeder. For it is time once again for One Magical Hour, a Matthew and Schaefer podcast spectacular. We are very excited this evening to be welcoming uh, an old friend back. Her name's Lori Clark. She'll be talking with us more about what's going on in Britney Spears' life. We will uh, also have some uh, classic segments, I'm sure, uh, that uh, I have not written down yet, so I can't tell you what they are right now. But first, we're going to welcome an old friend of ours. He has mandibles like the Predator, but uh, canines, canines not so much. He's the pride of Tarzana, California. He's a cartographer of the New Age. He is Matthew Brampy. Don't go chasing podcast notes. Please just fly by the seat of your pants like you're used to. I know that we're gonna talk a lot and say nothing at all. But I think we're talking too fast. I'll slow down. I'll slow down. Uh, Welcome to episode 105, everyone. Um, An auspicious number. Slow it down. Slow it down, Matthew. How's it going tonight, Shafee? Great. Matthew, if you were a member of TLC, which member would you be? I am obviously left eye. Mm. I mean, I'll burn a motherfucker's house down, if you know what I mean. So she's in, in the crazy, sexy, cool, triumvirate. You're the crazy one. I'm pretty. I think I'm crazy. It's also with the A team. I'm the Murdoch, right? Okay. Okay. So, yeah, I'm. So, yeah, I know. Know thyself is you know an old adage, and I think we should all apply that to which member of TLC we might be, or which member of the A team we may or may not be. It's, <laughs> you know, it's, that's how. It's safe to, that's how you know yourself is pop culture tropes. It's safe to say that and which among us, you relate to. Lori is the sexy one, so I guess I'm the cool one. Glad we got that worked out and the crazy, sexy, cool. We did. But but which, uh, which, which TLC member is that, Schaefer? I don't I don't remember. It's, um, it's chilly. It's chilly. I only know left eye. She's the, she's the sexy one and T-Boz is the cool one? Is that? I pr- I'm pretty sure that's it, yeah. T-Boz is the cool one. I think. Uh, Chili, what is her name? Why why can I only think of her nickname? Um there's oh, Lisa Lisa well, Left Eye Lopez. She's she was the one that nobody knows her name. I'll look it up. Hi Lori. Thank you for joining us again. I don't know if they ever told us her name. <laughs> find out right now. You guys no. vamp. You guys catch up. No one knows. Uh, on Lori. that note, Schaefer. Okay, here we go. Hmm, wait. It doesn't. Oh yes. Okay. Here we go. It's Tion T. Boz Watkins. It's Lisa Left Eye Lopez, and it's 
Rosanda Chili Thomas. And I, not in a million years. Never knew that. If, if the Spanish Inquisitor were here torturing me, I Mm -hmm. could, I would have never come up with that. I don't think I knew it. They definitely never told us that. There's nothing familiar about that. (laughs) Rosanda. I love that name. Um, She was great, by the way. Listen, I love TLC. I thought about doing a Britney to start the show, but you know, Britney's already under a lot of duress and I don't think, I don't think anybody needs to hear <laughs> Britney being parodied here. Although I'm pretty sure it's already happened. I know I've got a Britney down in, in my uh, parody parade. Uh, Lori, thank yeah. you for joining us. You, you, you said you are, um, you're, vis- right. you're joining us from your parents' house. Where are you right now? Yeah, I am. Where, I am in uh, the Finger Lakes. Geo, I am... Where's your Finger Lakes? Okay. I'm in a town called Newark, New York. Not to be confused with Newark, New Jersey. It is much smaller. And it is um, in between Syracuse and Rochester, east to west, and in between the Finger Lakes and Lake Ontario, north to south, and along the Erie Canal. Wow. So So it's, it's in the middle of a lot of things, but it's not really anything at all. But it's beautiful there, right? Yes. That's how I, I mean, I this have is this the time of year of to be fi- here. I have this concept of the Finger Lakes region as really beautiful. It is. It's very beautiful, very green, very um, just like lush rolling hills and cornfields and forests and peace. It's very peaceful. That sounds awesome. Yeah. It's probably a little chaotic. a little cooler there than it is down here. What uh, what are your highs in the uh, in the afternoon, Lori? The eighty degrees. I don't know the answer to that. Um, despite the fact that my parents probably repeated the weather forecast to me about 700 times today, I completely <laughs> forgot. Um, but it's been cold. <laughs> and, and despite the fact that it's literally been on the television all day, um, I, uh, yeah, it's been raining and cold here. I'm actually wearing shorts and a tank top and I've been freezing all day. And uh, at one point I realized I didn't bring like any pants. <laughs> And that I was probably going to have a rough week. <laughs> but that's uncommon. I mean, yeah, usually now it's like the 80s. But I think today it was probably like 70 and raining. Oh, Maybe. Man, Don't quote me on that. You're killing me right now. That sounds, that sounds so delightful. It's actually been unseasonably cool in Texas. But it's that still means it's, it's, it's hot. It's just slightly less hot. Um, today was today was proper hot. Um, I'm I'm still perspiring. I'm sweating right now, um, but I am in an unair conditioned garage, a fake garage inside another garage. Uh, oh Lori, let's get to the topic at hand. Um, what's going on with Brittany? You know, so we talked to you back in February. You you joined us on okay episode 71 um it was episode 71 baby 71 more times Uh, i I, I like what you did there um and 
we were we were talking about what was leading up to what's been going on. It was the Free Britney movement, and she was moving towards this legal action, and that's been playing out in the news the last few weeks, right? Oh yeah, even like as recently, like I just like right before I came on here, just was like, I better catch up a little bit. I think there's I've heard rumblings of more going on, and um, it seems that she finally. I know um, she. she she has she's able to pick her own lawyer all of us now and um so things are probably going to continue to be interesting as we go forward but um she's also been speaking out a lot on uh instagram and um not uh not accusing anyone specifically but like making comments about people in her family not helping her and there's been a lot of um gossip gossip news about who that might be and what you know what that all means um but her mom actually i guess gave some statement to the court saying that you know she should be allowed to appoint her own lawyer that she's definitely capable of doing that and that she's definitely different than she was when this all was put in place 2018 so um that was interesting well Will we, you, for the uninitiated and for those who have been living under a rock, will you just will you just recount what's going on with Brittany? Sure. So, well, how far back do you want me to go? You want me to pick it up from February or like? Sure. So she, yeah. you know, she's, what's that? What's happened since we've spoke to you last? So we spoke. Um, she's been under this like pretty, pretty strict conservatorship. That's usually. For people who are extremely, you know, mentally or physically incapable of handling their own finances and handling their own, like, medical decisions and things like that. Um, and her father is in charge and is the last word on basically everything that happens to her. Um, and so her claim is, well, and what, well, so I guess a lot of people sort of started to notice. I, I'm not sure, like, when. It seems she started to it started to leak out in back in February that she had started to be asking for this to be removed and and trying to prove that that it's not necessary as far back as like 2014 and that nobody was listening to her and she seemed to be trapped in this cycle of lawyers and psychologists keeping her trapped in the conservatorship um with the challenge that her father controls everything that happens to her. So she can't, she can't hire different help or she can't get evaluated in different, you know, by different people or she like, it seemed like a big, a really big abusive mess. And, um, her fans were speaking out and protesting or supporting her, um, in support of her, like outside of, Every time she would have a hearing, like at, at the courthouse and stuff, and that there was a whole hashtag "Free Britney" and a lot of social media traction, um, and a lot of people were just sort of like a, like observing and saying this looked weird because I mean, people didn't, as far as I could say, you know, fans they didn't know, and then the New York Times did a like documentary about it um, and sort of linked together what they did know, and it just made it all seem like. Uh, something was really wrong here about what was happening to her. And that got even more people on board um, with supporting her. And so 
I guess what happened most recently is she finally went into court and testified for herself. It it sounds like she had been asking for getting the conservatorship removed, but she never actually like wanted to testify herself in court or something. I don't know if people were telling her not to or that she couldn't or or what, but the lawyer that she had apparently didn't file for the conservatorship to end and she's claiming that she did ask for it to end um, like years ago. And then, and so I don't know. I don't know anything about like maybe there was something where people were like, no, you got to do it in steps and stages or maybe you have to testify and she didn't want to. Um, but when she did testify, she made very clear that she wanted it to end without an additional psychological evaluation happening. And so maybe people were saying the only way it can end is if you pass a psych evaluation, but then like her father was going to pick the person to do it or something. I, I don't know that that's the part where I'm, I get a little lost other than, um, yeah. And basically, I mean, she gave a, did you listen to the testimony? Like when did you, or did you read the transcript of what she's, what she said? I've written, I've really just been keeping kind of a, a half an eye out. I, and I, I don't know a lot of the specifics. I, I was going to educate myself before we did this podcast, but, but then I thought Lori's going to break it down for us in the best way. And okay. So yeah. So that, I mean, so that helps. So I'm like, I'm like, us, I gotta know. Tell us about at. that. So, yeah. So that's yeah, where it all sort of blew talk up. To us, talk to us like we're morons. Go. Gotcha. Well, I wouldn't, I mean, yeah. Okay, but okay, you're morons, but like, but I'm more to go with telling the story like you don't know anything about it because <laughs> moron aside, that doesn't yes. matter, right? <laughs> um, right. Yes. But uh, good. that's a good point. Uh, but I'm just, I'm just teasing. But um, yeah. So I guess it, the reason I'm back and it all blew up last week is because she testified in court um, and gave a very long statement. Uh, uh, it, all the headlines, it's a 20-minute statement, like 20 whole minutes of her going on about what's been happening to her. Um, and she spoke about the fact that um, basically she can't do like the simplest of things in life. Like she can't paint her kitchen cabinets. Her father says no. She can't um, like drive a car. She can't like hang out with friends she said like she has friends that live in her neighborhood and she can't even just like go over to their backyard like for a little while um or her their house or something um and she was very like shaky and nervous and kind of like her words would like jump a little bit here and there and you could tell that she felt nervous like coming forward with all this like that she didn't know what would happen as a result or like um and she said that she was like being evaluated like or she had to see therapists like three or four times a week or something like that. And that she had to, um, that her father always made her work. Which this is something that a lot of people have known for a long time. That like she's really never had a vacation. Like <laughs> she's never stopped working like ever. Like she goes on maybe like a week here, a week there. But like she's always like consistently put out. Because that was a huge argument of the Free Britney movement was always like, well, I don't understand how she could be, you know, so mentally ill and yet perform and work so much. Like, she's constantly making albums. She has writing credits on all of those albums. Um, she does all of her, like, well, 
I think in collaboration with other people, she does a lot of her own choreography. She was like teaching dance classes for a while. She puts together like her shows, like her Vegas shows and stuff. She, I believe she has a hand in like some of the whatever design of that and everything. Um, and she works and a lot, that was kind of like a lot of people's initial argument was like, well, she works. And then she kind of came on and said, not only do I work, I am being forced to work against my will sometimes. And, um, she also talked about how, like, it seemed like she made it sound like everybody's in on it. Like she said that, um, whenever she would be, and, and, and this is even also coming out a little bit more now in some of the stuff she's saying on Instagram is that it sounds like, you know, her shows and things that she was doing, like she would, if she ever like said, oh, I don't want to do something about the dances this way. I want to do it that way instead. The manager would just call her dad and being like, she's not cooperating. She's being defiant. Did she take her meds today? And like, and it was basically like anytime she said anything that was like just being a normal person, like standing up for herself. Anytime she said no to something or anytime she wanted to do something her own way, they said they they used the conservatorship against her was the case she was making. Like, and they were basically was, like, oh, or whatever her condition is or whatever the case may be, they were like, oh, you're being like irrational and crazy, you know. You're being crazy. You're being like something that like we can't some, work with, and therefore, code for it was like a code for saying, "Hey, Dad, she's being uncooperative. We need to shut her up." Or yeah, that's that's what it sounds like from what she was saying that she's trying to say. Um, and then I would just add, like, I mean, I very clearly remember. When she had her children back, I don't know, I guess this was like 14 years ago now, she um, she was like very clear about like, I want to take a few years off and like raise my family and just like, she, you know, she even talked about like leaving LA for a little while and like she wanted, like, you can find like people articles where she's like saying this and she was never allowed to do that, like ever, not once. She always worked. And she totally had, like, the money to take some, like, a few years off, you know, like, and um, so that's something that I, I thought about as I was listening to it. I was like, you know, she really did say many times, like, I would like to take a little time off and be with my family and, like, just not be Britney Spears for a little while, you know, and step out of the limelight a little bit. And, you know, there were a lot, many times when she was sort of like, like, I've done enough, you know, <laughs> like, this is enough, like, um, and... And so she wasn't, yeah, so she's basically claiming that she's never been allowed to do that either, that she works like, you know, she I, she said in the statement something like she, you know, she works like six days a week and, um, and she doesn't really get much time off even like at all. Um, and just, and how like, and kind of how everybody was in on it. And what's interesting is what I was reading today is a lot of people, like her manager resigned, like people have resigned because they're either trying to like distance themselves from it or they're like, like they're kind of now saying like, and I think that's why she's starting to say on Instagram, oh, now you're saying something like, why weren't you saying something like 10 years ago? Why weren't you saying something like now that it like there's a spotlight on 
all the people around me. Some of them are trying to like be like, oh, it's not me. I'm I'm out of this game. Like I'm not like there was um her manager resigned. The lawyer that's been on her, like her lawyer has resigned. Um sort of in the wake of her getting to a point. I think, I don't know, I think that he resigned first and then she was allowed to appoint her own lawyer. Um, that that sort of came out of that, it seems. Um, and it was just very, like, it's very, that that's very, like, shocking to me, too. Because I didn't, like, you know, with her statement, it's like I didn't really know at first what to make of it. Like, I, I mean, I honest, I I'm I'm a fan, but I also, I believe her because I just see that she's working, I see, I guess my thing is, is like, I don't really, I got two, two key thoughts on this. I don't understand what someone would talk about in therapy if they're never allowed to leave their house or have other friends or do anything four times a week. Like, I'm, I'm like, she has her kids like 30% of the time and she works and then she seems to just be alone all the time. And I was just sort of like, I don't know, when I heard she was like forced to, you know, meet with a therapist like three or four times a week, I was just like, what would she even have to talk about if she never leaves her house? Like, what? And then my other thought when she was talking about like how abusive everything was, I was sort of like, you know, you have to be like if she was truly as like un capable of controlling herself or whatever they're saying how could she be so compliant with the abuse you know like someone who's truly like incapable of taking care of themselves would also be completely incapable of like following rules and directions and um whatever you know i mean i guess yeah. i don't know but you know i would Certainly think i would think if you were of... like Certainly incapable of putting together a Vegas show and choreographing the whole thing and telling people where to stand and right, queuing them up and but I also just mean like that's like yeah, but I also just mean like if someone like if someone is so like mentally ill that they need someone to control every aspect of their life, don't you think that when that person is controlling their life, they would like they would burn the house down. They, you know, Oh, you said I can't change the color of my kitchen cabinets. I'm going to burn the, burn the kitchen down. Like what, you know, like she always just sort of like, I feel like they dangled the conservatorship in front of her. Like, Oh, you have to do all these things and look perfect all the time, or you're never going to like get out of it. And she followed that for a long time. Like she, you know, whatever the case may be, if they were like, you have to act a certain way to see your children, or you have to act a certain way to get this or that. And she, did it you know what i mean like she followed whatever they said did, did she enter the conservancy willingly as far as we know i, mean, was she, I don't think was so she i think something to it in the beginning i i guess she must have agreed to something but I don't, I don't know if she fully knew what she was agreeing to, but I also don't know because she was under such mental distress in that moment. They might have somehow proved that she didn't have to agree to it in some way. I'm not really sure about that. Right. I can't really, right. I'm like not really sure. Power of attorney. Some kind yeah, of something like power that. Power of attorney thing. Yeah. 
Because mm-hmm. right. she was, she, I mean, she was hospitalized. And, um, I mean, she definitely did have, like, a mental break. You know, like, she definitely had, like, a breakdown of some sort. Um, and it, she seems to be alluding, I'm pretty sure she does have some sort of diagnosis. Um, and I think that's the kind of stuff she's wanted to keep private that's kind of prevented her from um, coming forward to get out of a lot of this. Because I think, too, like, I mean, they said she was bipolar at one point, but I don't know when she got that diagnosis. Like, I don't know, is that something that came about after she had the breakdown and was hospitalized? Or was it something she had yeah, before? No let's, and then... Let's, let's see a medical history... Let's see where this bipolar stuff happened and where it happened, you know, in her history with this slave driver father who was, you know, sending her out on the road and uh, telling her that she needed to record the next uh, the next triple platinum album. And, you know, like even just like the pressures that artists put on themselves uh, can be can be unbearable, much less. You know, having your father do it, telling you that, you know, you've got to support the family and you've got to, you know, that uh, I could see somebody, particularly say, what, a 17-year-old kid uh, crumbling under that pretty fast. Um, I'm sorry, I've yeah. I've pretty much tried and convicted the father in my head at this point. Um, yeah. So, oh, yeah, me too. Me, but and I, I got a lot of questions. I have a lot of questions about how even at the point that he was in 2008, I'm like, who vetted this guy to appoint him in charge? Because, like, if you look at, like, his history, it doesn't seem like he was ever very good with money himself at all. Like, and, uh, and that, so I'm just very much like, I'm like, who thought that was a good idea? Just, you know, it seems like he, you know, he maybe had some alcohol problems and he was never good with money. And he kind of had, like, a few different little things. Like, he was doing this over here and it failed and that over there and it failed. And he was just kind of, like, not really the strongest support for the family himself, which was then why Brittany became so important to them, um, her work and her earning money. So, I that's I really question, like, the judge that was like, yeah, this guy should be in charge. Like, why him and not her mother? Or why, like, just not, like, a <laughs> accountant or whoever would normally... I, I, didn't, I was just like, when you dig into him a little bit, you're like, what? But on the thing about, like, her mental illness, yeah. too, I would add, too, I think she was probably also struggling with postpartum depression when everything went down. Because she had back-to-back babies. Her kids are only, like, a year and four months apart, I think. And, um... Irish cousins. And I think... Yeah. Yeah. And I think that, um... That's just something, like, that really struck me because, like, I myself, you know, I just had a baby. I went through some stuff after that. And, like, there really wasn't much talked about postpartum depression back then. And even now, there still isn't either, like... When people go through stuff, there's still, like, a huge stigma. A lot of people don't understand it. But then there's other aspects of it. Like, people have, like, one view of postpartum depression. Um, like, that you're really depressed. But, like, like down, just, like, sad or whatever. But then there's other aspects of it that involve, like, rage and, like, um, stress. Like, like, a stress disorder and stuff like that. Um, which is kind of also hard for... 
there's a big like a lot of stigma and it's kind of hard for people to believe in because like if if someone were to say like oh I just had a baby and I'm re- and I have like a stress disorder they'd be like well you just had a baby like of course you're stressed you know like but um but there's a rage piece to it too so I kind of think that um again like I want to know when she got the bipolar thing diagnosis because I just feel like I'm like there's a there's also a chance that what she was going through was like a postpartum depression and that it actually that's something that does like pass if it's treated and and things like that so I don't know that's a question I have that's something I want to know more about um and that's that's why I would like stick up for her I mean I always I always stuck up with her because what happened with the reason she was hospitalized was that she had gotten like a little bit out of control with like the the custody sort of sharing stuff and she, I guess I don't know whatever it was you know she was going through all that stuff breaking up with KFED and um she had a few incidences like one where she like like the famous picture of her where her, with her head shaved where she's like using like smashing trying to smash a paparazzi's car with like an umbrella and um uh and then she ultimately ended up going to the hospital because she locked herself in a bathroom with the youngest baby and um you know and said she wasn't coming out and like you know right i don't know whatever was going on there that's what happened and that's how she ended up like there's like that famous video footage of her being dragged away in an ambulance and uh and then after that she lost custody of her kids um and like that kind of thing, I'm like, I'm like, if there were a bunch of people around her threatening to take away her kid, I mean, he was a baby. I mean, he was like really small, like probably just a few months old. And like, uh, yeah, I'm like, I'm like, I would have done the same thing. I would have locked myself in the bathroom with my baby. Like, there's no, you know, like if there were a bunch of people around me and photographers and like people constantly saying they're going to take away your kids if you, you know, don't act a certain way or whatever and. Um, yeah, so I, I kind of really, like, feel for her in that way. Like, I'm just like, oh, man, what a mess that all was. Like, what a mess, you know? Like, and then I think, and then it makes me also wonder about, like, what did she agree to for the conservatorship and not? Like, maybe she was in a state of mind where she really did want help and she did want someone to, like, oversee things, especially with the money. Because I think about, I'm like, geez, if I was her age and I had two babies and I had all that money, and I was in Hollywood, where there's all these, like, weird people preying on you and trying to trick you, and I'd been told most of my life that I was just, like, a dumb bimbo blonde that was only good for singing and dancing, and I'd never really gotten much education and all that, like, and if somebody said, hey, we're gonna bring in these people to take care of your money, I'd be like, do it, take care of the money, (laughs) like, that would be great, you know? That's, I'm like, even now, I mean, who wouldn't, wouldn't you just love someone to just take care of your bills? Like, and just like do it without you thinking about it. (laughs) Yeah. So. Matthew. I I feel for that. We have a division of labor in our relationship where I take care of all the pest control and Amy takes care of paying the bills. It's perfect. Matthew, I want you, I want you to blink three times. I hear what you're saying. (laughs) Matthew, blink three times if you want out of your wife's conservatorship. We need to know. 
<laughs> for, the, for the listener, <laughs> keeping his eyes wide this open. Coming. Is it, he definitely is this coming wants, through clear? Did you guys def- see the whites <laughs> of my eyes? He definitely wants to maintain his conservatorship with his wife. She's yeah, doing a good job. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Sure. See, so you get it, right? You can see where you might be in a court in a vulnerable day and say, yes. just take care of the money. <laughs> Absolutely. Sure. Some, uh, something yeah. I was thinking about today that's kind of interesting to me is, you know, I, I, I'm not a big, I'm not a big fan of social media. A lot of the times, you know, especially in the last four years, it's sort of seemed like social media is doing more harm than good. Um, but I think that this is a case in which it's really, you know, allowed for allowed for people to see what was, you know, what was going on, and for people, you know, for Brittany to communicate to people, uh, you know, outside of this, you know, cabal of of uh, oppressors that she seems to be surrounded by. Um, so this is one of the success yeah. stories of social media. And also, perhaps a way for people to communicate with her, because I think, I think she's been trapped in this for so long because not a single person could get to her to even like tell her like, "Hey, something's weird here." You know, like I'm not sure that she really knew it was wrong the whole time. I think she might have been a little bit like, like, well, I think she was probably very confused, but I think she also like, like I have a. One of the things I was reading right before I got on here was about um, the there's there was a woman appointed to um, help her dad out, I guess, that took over the medical side of it because um, he went into the hospital for something like a few years ago or in like 2019. So I guess that's only two years ago. But um, yeah, he went in the hospital and this woman uh, stepped in uh, to take over the medical side of it and... Um, because one of the uh, one of the claims that he Brittany had made a in ruptured her testimony, colon. yes, he had a ruptured colon. Um, I just I just and, saw that uh, on the see, Wikipedia page. I'm like, you know more about this. <laughs> Did you get to the part where it says that he's living in a camper in Louisiana? Like, because that that comes up somewhere in no. one article. It was like, it was like he's living at the end of the road in a camper in Kentwood, Louisiana. And then, like, but simultaneously, he's, like, managed to pay himself, like, a quarter of a million dollars a year or something, you know? So I'm like, what is he doing with the money? Like, what? <laughs> but, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, so she she stepped in, and um, she, I guess she was getting a lot of heat because in Brittany's testimony, she talks about how she wanted to get an IUD removed because her and her man want to, like, try to have a baby. And she's, you know, she's almost 40, so she's... She wants to do this now, and um, and they and she was told no. So so I mean that's kind of a huge piece of it too. Is she was told like no, you have to be like on birth control, and like that's um, wrong. And <laughs> I'm like that's just wrong. And um, and so anyway, so this this woman was kind of getting some heat for that, and she came out with like a big huge statement, you know, of like I've been trying to help Brittany dissolve this, so. I don't know if maybe that that woman came in. Her name is Jody Montgomery. I don't know if she came in and like started um, giving Brittany information about like this is something's not right here. This can be dissolved. This is how we could do it. These are the steps we could take. Things like that because um, and and her state. So basically, her statement came out because Brittany's father um, 
was trying to blame her for something, I guess. I don't know if he was telling the press or the courts or what. I get very confused whether they told the press something or whether they, this is like a statement they made in court that the press like picked up. I'm just like, I can't follow all that. But uh, he basically came in and said something like, oh, she could have always like, the other lady's in charge of her medical. She could have done everything. And the lady came back and said, well, actually, no, because we can't do anything without the money. So like you you know, you actually have the last word on everything, Jamie Spears, because if she says, I want to go see this doctor now, I have to go to you to get the money to send her to this doctor, and you say no. It was something like that, you know, and um, and she also kind of added this whole long piece about, you know, I am tied to, like, ethics, like, I'm not I'm not her family, I'm not tied to anything but my job and my professional ethics, and, like, she has, like, a code of ethics she's supposed to follow for her job, for what she does. And and it a, and a sounds like a piece of that is has to do with getting people to, like, the least restrictive situation that makes sense for them. Um, so that's why she says she's been advocating and pushing for it. I don't, I don't know, like, if we'll really know the answer to that until Brittany's able to, like, speak on it herself and say who helped her and who didn't. Um, and then that's where like Britney's Instagram posts make things really confusing too, because she just makes these vague things without naming names and saying, well, these people say they're helping me, but they're not, or these people are, so we don't know, but, um, it's, it's very strange. Cause on the one hand, you always think like her sister's really supportive, but then she makes this like weird statement that's like, people in my family don't help me and they say they do, but they don't. And, and then you get like her sister responds to that with, I don't care what she does. She can do whatever she wants. And like, this is like what's been going back and forth, like around the media. So it, it makes just as much sense as I just made it sound <laughs> like it's not, um, it's hard to follow and it's hard to know like what the truth is and you won't, we're not going to know it. I don't think until everything's over and like Brittany can tell us herself, I guess, like, or other people can say, um, but more people have been coming out and saying things that never said things for years. Like the, like the guy, um, I don't know if you all remember Jason Alexander, the guy she married in Vegas that she was married to for 55 hours, um, before she met <laughs> yeah. K-Fed. Yes. So I, that was a, I do recall. see, you guys remember stuff. See, so she, she was, um. It was a childhood friend and they were just like out having fun and they got married or whatever in Vegas. And um, the whole story at the time was very like it was annulled within like a month. And like, it, you know, it was just all like, whoops, that was a mistake. We were just being silly kids. But he's come out now recently and said, actually, no, that's not what happened. Like, like, yes, we both agreed to annul it and we agreed that getting married was was not like like when we did and how we did was not really the right way to do it he said but i was told that we would still have a relationship after getting the marriage annulled and that we could that we could like still have a relationship and if we still wanted to be married like six months from then we could be and then i don't know then something like after the papers were signed he like tried to call her and the phone number didn't work anymore and it was like cut off like mm. gone and um Wow. I 
I highly doubt that was like Britney's decision just based on like I, I mean I don't know I don't know that anything about that guy but he just seemed pretty honest in the fact that he was just sort of like we were childhood friends we were always friends she never said anything bad about him and like it was really weird um and there were other people like just always along the way even like back in the day like I remember when she was like friends with like Paris Hilton during that little run where they have that famous like uh, when they were on the cover of the post, like it was like Lindsay Lohan, Paris Hilton, and Britney Spears, um, and it's it had like some great headline like bimbo something, and um, like it was just like hilarious, um, but uh, something that was I like, I wish I remembered it better, but it, I remember the time and uh, you know and they and and like at the time Paris Hilton said something like oh I really love Britney and I would love to keep being friends with her but I but. She's just got too many people around her that control her life, and I can't. And this was, like, back in, like, I don't know, 2004 or something. 2000. This was, like, a long time ago. And um, there have been other people that have sort of, like, alluded to that along the way and just sort of been like, oh, you know, she's got a lot of... She's under a lot of, like, control and rules and, you know. And I think that's why a lot of people have come out and said that they believe her. Um, is because there were sort of signs of that before. Um, and even like, even KFED has come out and said some stuff too, like, cause originally he would just always like be very tight lipped and just say, Oh, I just want whatever's best for my kids. Um, but now he's actually come out and said that for, it would be best for his kids if his mom was like happier and more in control of her life. And, um, and that he supported the end of the conservatorship as well. So um, so I think that's, that's nice and interesting. Um, it's interesting. I think that a lot of people who were told they couldn't say anything are now breaking through that and deciding to say something anyway. They're, they're like not afraid. Yeah. Yes. Um, it's very good to hear that these people are actually coming out and saying something about it. That's a, uh, that's a relief. I think, uh, I have a question yeah. for you, Lori, uh, and, and for Matthew too, uh, you know, we, I think I remember, uh, I can't remember who it was, but, you know, back on episode 71, when we first covered Brittany, uh, somebody asked us, you know, to do it. I can't remember who it was, but a fan asked us and, you know, you, of course you came to mind, uh, you know, I actually have my friend Lori who knows a lot about Brittany, you know, um, so you know, having you as both a fan of the show and a fan of Britney, you know, it just lends itself to us following this story. But, uh, you know, outside of all that, there's definitely something about this story that grabs me. What What do you think, why do you think the story captures America in the way that it seems to? Um, I have a few ideas of my own, but uh, I'd like to hear yours. Well, because it's, I, I mean, to me, it's hard because I, I always love Britney and Britney is like a symbol of like a strong, like, a, you know, she's, she's always been like that kind of complicated symbol of like everything like that women go through. Like she's very like, she's always had the virgin whore thing where like, you know, she had to be like the school girl who was like a little bit, who was like sexy, like, uh, like Shaky you used to see her too. when she 
Yeah, yeah, very much like Schaefer. Very much like Schaefer, where, like, when he walks in a room with a certain outfit on, you know that it's designed to be ripped off. And, like, she, you know, she used to come on stage like that. You know, like, you just would... You just knew... You could tell by the way the outfit looked that it was, like, about to be ripped off. And, um... <laughs> so, and that's something a lot of a lot of women relate to. <laughs> no. And then, uh... And then I just think also just this whole weird, like, abuse story behind it. I mean, we love, you know, America loves a, a kidnapping, uh, uh, you know, those people, those unfortunate people that are, like, locked in a basement for, like, 20 years. Um, you know, those are things that grab headlines. And, I mean, it's like a, it's like a Lifetime movie. Um yes. Uh, I that's what I, I but I really think it's also because we love Britney and we don't you know yeah I think you know what you said is really interesting that way that she sums up you know two kind of like two different and and both very uh, complicated both both very problematic uh, ways that American culture has of dealing with women right you know they're either they're either you know strippers or you know, mo mothers on a pedestal, right? Uh, yeah, and, and she also, both, and you can I mean, be an, and you're an innocent child, and you're a mother, and you're, um, you're a, a, an innocent victim. You know, in the hands of uh, these, you know, these greedy, uh, this greedy, uh, almost conspiracy, um, seems to hit a lot of notes. Yeah. And like when her first like for, her first for like better three, for worse America is obsessed with. Yeah. And her first like three albums were very like relatable to like the teen girl because it was always that like I want to go party, I want to go do this, I want to go do that, I'm a grown up, I'm going to try to do this, but people tell me no, people tell me I can't, they're that I'm not allowed. And it was and I think, you know, that's where like teenage girls really grabbed onto her and like um related to her because she was she and it's now it just seems more like she was actually talking about like some really real shit in her life and not just sort of that push and pull of a teenager that wants independence and isn't allowed because they're still too young and their parents say no and whatever you know like so that's something I think you know that's something like I've always thought about her like because when she came out, I was in college, so I had a lot of freedom and independence. But I like looking at her. I like reminisced, you know, hearkened back to like like being like fifteen, you know, when you're like, I just want to go out with this boy, and he's got a car. But like your mom's like, you're too young to go out with a boy with a car, you know, like. And um, I think that's you know, but then the but then it got weird because then she now she's like almost forty, and she's like still in that situation and we aren't any or like her fans aren't anymore we're all like grown-ups that do whatever we want and like um you know we've lived our lives and she's like still overprotected she's still um and i think the other thing too is that a lot i think i think a lot more people are, were fans of her than admit number one so that's why it's captivated america um like everybody uh, everybody secretly loves Britney Spears, loves Britney. and um, yeah. everybody loves Britney. Everybody loved TLC too, though. So that's that's all there is to it. But um, and uh, it's different. It's, you know, it's potato potato. It's, it's not different. Yeah, I know. But 
And then <laughs> she, uh, I mean, just everybody loves pop music more than they're willing to admit is what I think, you know? And, um, fair enough. Yes. At least, or at least people like me from the nineties. Uh, and then like, but so I think, I just, I don't know if anybody else noticed this, but like, I mean, she really came on the scene with a sparkle in her eye and like very, like she was a superstar, like from the start and like, yeah the sparkle is gone. Like it's been gone for many years. And like, I don't know, like for me, I'm always just like, that's what I see. And I, I wonder if, I don't know if like the common, the common like casual fan noticed that, but like, you know, people, I was just like heartbreaking, you know, like, um, absolutely. I don't know. You could just, Yeah. I don't know. And maybe other people were like that too. I'm like, I like I'm like I don't know. I can't think of it. Was Madonna that way? Like did she used to be really like like have a sparkle in her eye and then just sort of look like she was just working, you know, like eventually or I am not sure. Listen, I think it's hard for anybody it's hard for anybody to maintain that level of enthusiasm with any endeavor for that, you know, for too long. Everybody's yeah. life changes and like the Madonna is a good example of somebody who understood that a lasting pop artist is somebody who changes with the seasons and she would change with each iteration. Like she, she got it, you know? And, um, yeah. Right. I, I want to answer. But she was also but always actually, able have, to have her own have, independence. She, she what? Say it again. Madonna always had her own independence and control of her life. And she started, she was older than right. Britney when yeah, she started. Very, very, very like, definitely. right. Totally. But look what she was able to do with it. That's what I think is, you know, I think a lot of times I think like these managers and record companies think you have to be that they have to keep doing the same thing over and over again or be a certain way or they wanted to kind of control how she would evolve and change to try to make her the next Madonna. But maybe if they had just sort of let her be, she would have really just been it on her own kind of thing. Sorry, that's my extra deep thought. I'm a fan. (laughs) Right. Yeah. Me too. Um, I I think about it a I lot. To answer Shafee's, me too. I want to answer Shafee's question and and touch on a few things that Lori said there. First thing, I, I think America is captivated because this is and and a Lori, I think Lori said it that initially it was just fans concerned about this, but now it seems to me like a human rights issue. Yeah, um, that we're yeah. talking about here. It's not just about a. It's not about a celebrity and her money and 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 you know, she's she's a human and she's trapped in an unfair legal by legally binding situation. Um, it's not. It is not just a fan concern. You, Lord, you said people are resigning. Do you think that's because they're scared of her dad, or they just don't want to be in this charade anymore? Maybe a little bit of, I, they might be scared of a few different things. Um, I, I would think they're less, I don't know. They might be scared of like, did I do something wrong that now has actually compromised ethics that I might lose my license or whatever I, you know, something like that. That was my first take on it. Like I was like, oh dang, they're getting out before like being exposed as something, you know, like. Yeah, I yeah. I doubt or anybody's really that afraid of Jamie Spears. Really, who's? I mean, 
I, I struggle with that. I, I don't know. I mean, I'll, you know, sure, but he, I think but yeah, I, mean, I think you're right, Lori. I think they're worried about. I think these people are worried about being culpable, being held responsible for some of this, and they're trying to get out before. I think that's right, that's and it might not be their fault because, like, if. Yeah, because like if you were handed a psych evaluation that said X Y Z on it, and you just acted based on that, and then it comes out later that ev- that evaluation was in somehow contrived or like not right or something about that was weird. Like I don't know. It's kind of like iffy. Can you be held accountable or are you know they Matthew, might not be sure. You know, I th- Matthew was starting to get close to something that it, that has been in the back of my mind about, you know, when, when Matthew mentioned, um, you know, the, uh, you know, the person being trapped, uh, you know, versus just a celebrity, there's, there's something going on in my head with this story where, you know, it feels like, yeah, uh, her being trapped and maybe there's something about American culture, like, you know, uh, you think that you want fame and fortune, you know, and then you find like all of this stuff that goes with it. That's, that's often seems to be, you know, kind of considered a metaphorical prison in its own way. And then I was kind of just thinking about American desire, you know, people feel like they're supposed to have, you know, this expensive car because it signals something or an expensive house because that's the American dream. And then they find themselves trapped in a, in a mortgage or trapped in a, in, you know, in a, with a, with a car note mm-hmm. or trapped with, you know, uh, uh, you know, punishing credit card debt that they can't get out of. Um, or even, you know, you're, you're supposed to get married. You're supposed to settle down and have kids. I think some people, you know, might find themselves trapped in that too. And uh, I think I feel like everybody kind of feels something for her as, you know, the the like somebody who kind of went for it and got it and now is having to deal with it um, that yeah. uh, maybe everybody is kind of relating to in a little way or, you know, maybe in a in a subtle metaphorical way or maybe even in a real direct, directly parallel way. I don't know. Yeah. Well, and something I've learned, too, that touches on what Matthew said, it, I mean, I never really thought about, like, how many people might be in a similar situation. So I think when I hear about something like this, I think of only famous people and people who have a ton of money. Um, but actually, what I've learned recently from this, um, there was an article in the Times the other day. I, oh, oh, I know what it was. It was on, a, like, NPR or something, because they were talking about how both Ted Cruz and Elizabeth Warren like are starting to look into it or something like that, or, you know, they're all hopping on the headlines too. And, uh, and they, uh, it, I don't know, the headline was something like, it's something Congress agrees on free Britney, you know, like, and I was like, well, that's really silly. Um, but, well, Lord, but, Lord knows uh, Congress doesn't have anything more important to do right now for God's sake. Right. Yeah. Well, but it was interesting cause it was talking about it more being a human rights issue and the fact that, she is actually a famous face that can be put on something to change laws that would then actually help like hundreds of thousands of people who might be in a similar situation and completely unable to get out of it. Cause like if you're in this situation, it's so binding and so like 
it's such a weird like trapping like a legal trapping that it does become very impossible to get out and it, it actually like would take a celebrity to like change these laws and like the way that these are things yeah, are done I, because I it would like it needs a spotlight it. on it you know what i mean her situation her situation is very important and i, I shouldn't shouldn't have made a joke <sighs> belittling it but it does it does seem to me like uh Congress doesn't get very much done, and uh, yeah. maybe. They're well, they're really supposed to be helping like hundreds of millions of people, not one issue yeah. with hundreds of thousands. There's yes, they're that's not their job. They're supposed to be doing something else. But <laughs> I'm with you on that. But I do. But the whole the I whole point was, was more just that needs. it needs a celebrity face. Yeah, makes sense. And I hope, uh, you know, all the other people in America who have problems get the help that they need, too. You know, whether the problem is debt or, um, or abusive relationships or just, uh, just being beholden to the strange things that our culture conditions you to want. Um, yeah. yeah. Meanwhile, uh, it's nice that Britney's there. It's... Uh, it's nice to. Uh, it's nice when it, when any a musician is sex is successful, when any artist is successful, uh, I'm excited for them and uh, I, I hope that uh, I hope that fame and and success don't cause too many problems. That's uh, yeah. I've really thing. had a very like. I've had a very like strong realization over the past year of just how how much celebrities work. Like I think with the pandemic, like seeing them not work, and now to be fair, like you know, it's not like hard hard labor, like whatever. But they do put in a lot of hours working, like acting, like a working actor that's trying to keep jobs and keep going. Um, you know, we see glitz and glamour, but like, it's not as glamorous as it seems like it really does work like, and they are like working long hours and they have to, while they have like money that makes it a little bit easier, they still have to like navigate finding childcare and like, um, you know, paying their bills or whatever. Like I, I think, and I think not every celebrity, I think people are more famous than they are like so wealthy that they don't have to deal with anything. Like, so like you see, like you <laughs> right. see them as famous and all that, but like they still like, like I don't know. It's probably still work to hire an accountant, even though they take things off your plate. Like and then to oversee and manage all those people and like make sure it's all going right and like, and a lot of them don't really have all that many people working for them. I don't know. I think just because well, probably because I've yeah. been listening to a lot of podcasts. So like I just you get more like insight into their inside life and like, and then you sort of realize like dang, these people work more. Like, you always thought Hollywood was, like, the easy life, like, that you would, you could get famous and be rich and then all the glitz and glamour and, like, not really, you know? It It is yeah. its own full-time job, yeah, you know, or you hear, I've always seen even, like, really famous, you know, really big actors talk about, like, those press junkets where they're just sitting in a, in a shitty hotel room for, like, six hours just answering... Three out, three minutes worth of questions with every journalist wow. in Los Angeles. That you know, that sounds just grueling to me. 
you know, trying to yeah, trying to say those same things, trying to not say anything that would compromise, you know, your film or your image, uh, you know, trying to manage your uh, uh, manage your you own personal branding. Your and if you don't want to do it, your scene is difficult, and and you don't work anymore. Damage mm-hmm. your career. Sure. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I could never. The thing I could never do if I was like on a TV, sh- like a hit TV show or something, I would have so much trouble because I'd be trying to be interesting. I would have so much trouble keeping all the secrets, like like not telling what's going to happen and like <laughs> all that, you know. And it's like. I mean, when you watch those things, they're actually so boring. Like, if you watch, like, the talk shows, like, for one day where the, you can, and you see the same, like, actor on, like, three different shows. And, like, it's so boring because they can barely even comment on, like, their opinion on the storylines, you know? (laughs) Like, they just have to act like everything's great and everybody's friends and, oh, I can't tell you this, you know? (laughs) And then I'm just like, I'm like, and I'm like, wow, that was the most, I would walk away from that being like, that was the most boring interview I've ever given in my life. And, like. I'd want to, I'd want to spill oh, the juice, yeah. you know, <laughs> like I'd have a hard time not telling some stories. Definitely. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I, I would like to point out the, um, the quality of Lori's assessment of the situation and the thoroughness of it. And I would, <laughs> and I was being, I wasn't calling us morons. I just wanted you to like talk to the, to our listeners, like they didn't know anything because I'm sure there are people listeners that didn't know anything about this. You did such a great job of breaking it down. I, I will say, you mentioned one of your key thoughts was uh, she's ordered to into this therapy, and what does she have to talk about in therapy? It seems to me that she also, as somebody who's in therapy, it seems to me that she has a plenty to unpack in therapy, <laughs> which is probably mostly the trauma of being raised by this like uh, stage parent gone bad, you know, and she's in this white trash child slavery scam that was maybe well-intentioned at first, but it's led to this place where she's at where the, the, the thing itself, she's got to be talking about all the time. And then like you, you were talking about her, you know, her, the latest thing is she's saying her family isn't helping and Jamie Lynn is like, whatever my sister wants to do. Then it leads to all kinds of like twisted family stuff. And then like that guy she married, the phone number was cut off because she's in a Turkish prison, you know? And yeah, uh, it's the, I, I think people are captivated by this because it's, it's mind bending and it's fascinating. And I yeah. mean, everybody loves a slow train wreck, but um I don't know the level of concern. The fact that we've talked about it for an hour just now on this arts and entertainment, I guess you know, like it's yeah. a really concerning situation. I hope she gets the the fact well, that her father was forcing her to go four times a week to this therapist means that the therapist was probably advancing the father's agenda somehow. I hope she gets out of this and right. finds yes. a real a real proper therapist. I don't think she's she talked about all this with because yes. And I hope she unpacks it right into a book (laughs) that we can all read. (laughs) Like, not, I mean, I'll be honest. I feel guilty. I feel guilty even coming on this podcast and doing it because, like, there's so, there's so much a part of me that really wants to leave Brittany alone and, like, not latch on to, like, being a part of the media that surrounds her. But I also, like, cannot stop looking. Like, and I, 
And it is because I love her so much and I just can't, but I, but it's like, I have a weird, like, I, I feel guilty. It's like, I love her. And I'm like, oh, but it's so wrong. Like, leave her alone, you know, but then I'm whatever. And I hope we if don't that, come If all that house, money goes to her and her fam and her babies, I'll buy that callous, book. Like, I hope that we don't come off as callously joking about the matter, or, you know. Um, it is it is something that is in the news, and actually, honestly, it was confusing to me exactly why it was, you know, so prevalent in the news, and, um, you know, in also, addition to... Also, I, I, I wouldn't conflate this podcast with the media, per se. <laughs> <laughs> the minor media outlet? But, uh... What? But honestly... Um, uh, Lori, that was 50, min 50 minutes of excellent. I don't think Matthew and I, you know, we said four words. You just did some very concise and very interesting reporting on what I felt like I talked too on. much. So, very well done. No, absolutely not. I've been you thinking exactly really hard what... about this since the last time we spoke. <laughs> uh, we really appreciate it. And it's, it's always so much fun. What to can talk to can you we about, be about callous anything. about something else now to end on a high note, on a light note? Yeah, yeah. Can we callously make fun of something? I don't know what, but yeah. <laughs> um, I don't. Yeah, I don't have anything lo locked and loaded here. Uh, didn't did you want to say goodbye to Bismarck? E? Not to be callously make fun of him, but um. Oh yeah. R.I.P. Bismarck. Yeah. E. Definitely, uh, Lori. I mean, did if tell he was me there, very... you were at the right party. Lori texted me a, a really couple cool stories. story about her seeing him uh, DJing at a Beastie Boys concert. Yeah. I, yeah, when I was, uh, I guess I was like 19 or 20. It was right, at, it was the Beastie Boys tour that had to do with that intergalactic album or song, that one. And um, Hello Nasty. That's the one. Yes. Thank you. <laughs> and um, I went to see them in Toronto at Molson Park. And there was it was like a giant outdoor show. Tribe Called Quest was supposed to be there, but they like just broke up. And um, in their place was Bismarck E. And um, there were 100,000 people in the park. And the way that the way that the show that the day went was you we're kind of outside in this sort of like festival type of thing. There were different, like a few different, I wouldn't, I won't even say music acts. Like, the, like I remember like RL Burnside was there and then like maybe a couple other small, like small little stages with like music acts. Um, and then like kind of more like activities. Like there was probably like a skater thing, like almost like a warp tour. Like there was like a skater thing and then maybe like, I don't know, then like other sort of games or vendors or people giving away crap at little Made booths some and stuff. Made some tie-dye t-shirts. Well, no, but you could probably like win a tie-dye t-shirt. And then like um, if you signed up for a credit card, it was probably like stuff like that, you know? And then like, and then they had this big gate and the gate opened to get to the real stage. Like at like whatever, it was like 6 p.m. the gate opened. So like at 5 p.m. people started crowding around the gate. And then these huge gates, like, f opened up, and everybody just ran, like, as fast as they could to get to the front of the stage for the Beastie Boys. And, you know, my friends and I are just running, like, like I don't even know. But I somehow ended up, like, 
I, like, I wasn't even, like, trying to stay with my friends. Like, everybody was just like, go, fight for yourself, you know? And uh, I ended up, like, with, <laughs> with my friend Joanna uh, pretty close, and we were literally, like, second row. Like, there was just, like, one person, and then the, the gate. It wasn't really the stage, because the stage was really high. Um, like, and I was there, and I was like, oh, man, this is going to be so awesome. I'm here. And then... Um, Bismarcky was the surprise, like, opening act. He came on, and he was, like, DJing, and everybody's just, like, having fun. And then he puts on House of Pain's Jump Around. And I'm not kidding you, that first little, like, hook, that, like, by the time that was gone, I was 50 rows back. I have no idea what happened. The crowd went insane. And, like, and that was it. And I And I watched the Beastie Boys from further away than I had ran for than I had earned <laughs> with my run. Well, you had to earn it twice. You had to live through Bismarck. <laughs> Pretty much, because yeah. Of an, because of an it was, everlasting it was... tidal wave. <laughs> yeah. That's exactly what it was. It was crazy. And I always kind of blamed Bismarcky for that. I was like, man, I would have been second row with that Beastie Boys show if, <laughs> if Bismarcky hadn't come on and done such a great job revving up the crowd. <laughs> um... <laughs> And I also saw him, I actually saw him on the same night I saw TLC um, in 2015 huh. with, um, at the main event tour with the New Kids on the Block. And uh, TLC, minus left eye, of course, um, but we did, we, did, right. we did light up all of Madison Square Garden. A sold-out Madison Square Garden held their phone light up for, for left eye during waterfalls, <laughs> during the wrap of waterfalls. So. Nice. It was it was a nice moment, yeah. And Bismarcky was there too. So, uh, and I've also I've seen him a few other times, but those are the more I guess memorable nights. He's he was he did he did he made he made things fun, which is I see which is what people seem to be remembering him most for. And that's I mean how how would you want to be remembered? That sounds perfect to me. He made things fun, you know. Yeah, definitely. I think he would appreciate that, and I think uh, we can uh, yeah. we can officially declare uh, Lori our our what would you like your title to be cultural correspondent, uh, cultural attaché. <laughs> we need to give you we need to give you a title, Lori. You always do such an. You awesome might want to be specific about the, the culture. I don't care. I can whatever you want. Pop I culture. Call me whatever you want. Pop culture attaché. I love Lori's level yeah. of fandom. Like she really does care about Britney when it really comes through. Absolutely. It's I do my like best in whatever. Yeah. It's important. You know, you have to have that care between like fan and famous person or sports team or whatever the case may be. I do my best right. to put the super yeah. in super fan. Um, yeah. it's fantastic. I love it. But I don't always know everything. Sometimes I'm kind of making it up and adding my own stories <laughs> in my head <laughs> of what I think we're, it is. We're, we'll edit that out. Yeah. That'll, yeah. That'll end up on no, I'm just kidding. Florida. Well, I but want you guys to are great. everybody listening that we, we love you. Thank you so much, Lori, for joining us. Thanks for having me. I love, Definitely appreciate I love it. talking about... <laughs> I love talking about Britney Spears and I don't have a lot of people to talk about her with. 
Well, I feel like there there was a little latency in the recording tonight, Lori. I feel like you're you're receiving us a few seconds late. It could be the Finger Lakes internets. Um, uh, but if so, if if there's if if there's any, I'm going to try to go in and cut down some of those um, where we're you know you're hearing us a little after, but uh, we. I know that everybody so enjoyed the breakdown. And then I, I think you're going to have to come on again when all this is resolved, right? Absolutely. It seems like uh, it's probably not the last we, uh, we, we have heard from the story. So look forward to having you on again very, very soon, Lori. Awesome. I would, I would love to. And um, I'll, you know, I'm sorry about my internet. If that's, if that was me and if it, if it, I'm at my. I'm at my. Uh, there's a lot of things you can be. So, <laughs> I, we understand. We understand. It, they don't understand we've had so how to many get good technical internet. issues. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Do they have jitterbug phones? <laughs> um, they might as well, right. <laughs> because that's how much they, they use their iPhones. It's right. <laughs> funny. Uh, we love yeah. you, one magical uh, universe. Um, we love you, Lori. I love you love guys you, too. Let's do the let's do the sign off. Lori, do you remember the sign off? No, <laughs> I don't remember what I had oh, for dinner. So I, I'm sorry. I'm. You didn't even listen. <laughs> did you? Let me ask you. Did you listen to yourself on our podcast the previous time? <laughs> I I did. No, I did, and I also listen. um. Wow. No, I did, and I also sent it to like two people who don't know you guys to listen to as well, and they and they okay. they enjoyed your show. And I don't know if they continued to listen or not. I haven't had a chance to. I haven't asked them, but they um. It's okay if they didn't. Yes. So if you had a bump of two listeners, <laughs> they were people I know, uh, or listen, two of the people that started listening. Struggle to follow the show. <laughs> People I went the, back though, and I listened to, to follow the show. I went back and listened to um, some of some of the other. I l- listened to Lindsay. I listened to Renee. Um, because I did, yeah, I did get a chance to. Things have calmed down a little bit in my. Well, things calmed down for a minute, and this particular week they've gone like way out of control again. But um, <laughs> I uh, yeah. So I because I. I am I am likely moving to the Finger Lakes, so we're oh, I'm wow. working on like finding an apartment and stuff. Yeah, um, yeah. so hopefully, hopefully I'll get better internet though. And um, right, <laughs> yeah. So I don't know. I'm like all over the place. Basically, I'm I'm working from home with a baby and trying to do like a million other things. <laughs> but and I also. <laughs> started listening to another new podcast which sort of took away my podcast time i'm sorry <laughs> that happens to us all the time yeah yeah that happens to me and Shay. yeah <laughs> yeah i could only all right, well here's our sign off yeah here's how here's how it goes uh the poorer the choices the sweeter the wine it it is baby one more time <laughs> I was a puppy dog 
for a child We ought to laugh or tune for a little while We lost some innocence And we lost a little sleep We made a whole lot of promises we couldn't keep Underneath the fading storm A new sun burning We are only what we a saint that done hit the town with a can of red paint then I tried to run away I hold up and hid but I couldn't undo a single thing I did no wheels turning Underneath the fading stars 